WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. The Indianapolis Colts shut out the Houston Texans. They sweep Houston by a score of 31 to 0. Colts first shutout in a couple years since 2018 versus the Dallas Cowboys. Their first shutout on the road since 1992, Zach. Oh my word. What a win for the Colts. What a response after really choking that game away against Tampa Bay last week. First off, man, what's your reaction to this win? Well, I mean, I think it shows a little bit of maturity, Cody. Um, the the fact that they this could have been an emotional type of game. They could have had a hangover from last week. When you lose a game like that where you played, you know, in moments and spurts well enough to win that game against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and then you come back. My my thoughts were, are we just going to be, you know, are we just going to be flat today? That was my biggest fear. You know, Tyrod Taylor is a mobile quarterback. Sometimes mobile quarterbacks can get going against us a little bit. But, man, I'm, I was very impressed. Um, and the Texans, uh, I, I think it's confirmed they're not very good, huh? <laughs> I guess not, man. Colts end the series against Houston, outscoring them by a score. This is crazy, 62-3. to three. Yeah. The Texans right. didn't score a touchdown against the Colts the entire season. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that speaks to how bad Houston is offensively, which they're terrible, or just the fact that the Colts also have been playing really, really well against them, and really well as of late especially. So, yeah, man, what a win for the Colts. I mean, it was a game that we all thought, and I even tweeted out earlier, I said, this is a game you have to win by 30 points, man. You have to make a statement here that, you know, that you're still a playoff contender, right? I don't want one of those slog fests, you know, where you only win by 10 points or a touchdown, you know, especially against a team like Houston that's won two games all year. So I felt like this was exactly what the Colts needed to do, kind of a statement win they needed to have in this game. Um, just to prove and also obviously to help themselves in the playoffs, you know, with some of these teams playing down to the wire here um, that could potentially help the Colts playoff chances here. You know, I thought overall it was a it was a good response from this team. Yeah, man, I, I think uh, sorry, I was sitting there checking in on that Raiders Washington game final for whoever's listening to this. Washington did defeat the Raiders um, okay. 17 to 15. Good. But yeah, man, you're so right. Like it. it you you're you hit the nail on the head. They had to come out and not just win, but have a dominant win. Like prove their presence in this game. Like prove that hey, they need to be in this discussion. And honestly, if you look at the analytics, and I know some people get you know a little bit too wrapped up in analytics, they've the Colts have been a very good football team in the last several weeks. I mean, they've been at the top of the league as far as you know points per game. Um, their defense has stepped up. I like the fact that Eberflus is now starting to trust his players and letting them play a, a little bit different scheme-wise. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I, I'm just – I'm fired up. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you a question about, isn't it crazy where Jonathan Taylor has 143 yards and two touchdowns and you feel like he played pretty good but not great? 
Like, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, how good is a guy when you say a guy had 143 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, hey, it was a pretty good game, but you know, I mean, nothing, you know, out of out of out of character for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he didn't have his, you know, classic Jonathan Taylor 50-yard run down the sideline or anything. It was just more of an efficient day for Jonathan Taylor, and he got the volume, and it added up, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, from really from snap one, Zach, this game, the Colts pretty much dominated all over. I mean, the first snap kind of, I think, was, you know, pretty much summarized the entire game. The Colts came to play. Houston did not. And, you know, Kenny Moore with that really beautiful interception on the sideline, Kenny Moore, I think, for me defensively, was the player of this game because not only did he get that interception, then on the next turnover, he forced the fumble. Yeah. And he was just kind of everywhere. Also had some really nice plays in coverage. First off, what were your thoughts on Kenny Moore and just how this defense played overall? Uh, same as you, man. I mean, I thought he set the tone. Um, that first interception was crazy. Like, I just thought the ball was thrown out of bounds. Like, I was like, he didn't catch that, did he? Like, you know, and then you go back and watch the replay, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this dude got – not only did he catch it, he got his feet in bounds for this interception. Um, and then you're right, comes right back out, a la, you know, uh, shades of, of Darius Leonard, punches that ball out, and just really kind of set the tone for how our defense was going to play for the game, you know. And there have been a lot of games, Cody, this year that we've started off early and been really good. But as the game goes on, we would loosen up and let teams get lots of yards and score and kind of make a little bit of a mini comeback. Today, that didn't happen. Like, we we put the you know our foot on their throat from the very first play of this game all the way to the end. We played two quarterbacks. Same results. Those guys were inaccurate. Those guys were hurried. They were rushed. Um, I felt like Kamoko Ture had a solid game as well. You know, he got he was disruptive. He had a couple sacks and he even missed one, honestly. Um, yeah. So he was pretty disruptive. But all in all, is it fair to say this is our best full four quarter effort from our defense all year long? I mean, is that fair? That in the Buffalo game, I think for me. Yeah, uh, we're definitely ones, and maybe even that first Houston game. I mean, this is certainly in the conversation. I think I'm obviously more impressed in that Buffalo game because of you know who you're playing against. This yeah, is, you know Tyrod Taylor for a little bit, then they benched him in the third quarter for Davis Mills, and you know, you know nothing really happened. I don't know about you, Zach. I got just slightly nervous when Davis Mills came in, just because you know how the Colts performed against Josh Johnson. You know, when when Mike White went out of that game, you know Josh Johnson actually carved them up near the end of that game. So I was slightly nervous until they started to get – and they started to drive a little bit. And I was like, oh, no. Should I be nervous, Colts? Like, you've made me nervous all year. But credit them, they responded well. You know, shut out Houston, obviously. Davis Mills didn't look good at all. And just thoroughly dominated, man, in this matchup. I mean, just looking at it yeah. from the box score here, uh, Houston only had nine first downs the entire game, right? Uh, Houston had 50 – they had 50 plays, only 141 yards total right and the fact is the Colts had more rushing yards in this game than Houston had total yardage so if that speaks volumes to how good this defense played um, especially just against this Houston team a little bit beat up but you know what they still had Brandon Cooks right they still had a guy that kind of torched them in the first game and Brandon this is crazy Zach Brandon Cooks was the only wide receiver that caught a pass in this game the only wide receiver. He caught like three passes. He wasn't even a factor in this game, really. Yeah. And then their tight end, Farrell Brown, was the, were the only two non-running backs to catch a pass in this game. I'm personally, like, really impressed with how this corner room is playing right now, especially those three young guys. We talked about Kenny, Isaiah Rogers, Rocky Sen, those guys. What are your overall impressions on how the corners played today and the secondary in general played? 
I, I think, you know, obviously they got a little bit of an injection from having Kari Willis back out there um, just from his his mental and his vocal leadership that he has, as well as, you know, you mentioned those corners playing really well. Um, I've probably been one of the harshest critics for Xavier Rhodes, you know, during this stretch. I just think he's not been healthy. He's not been good. Um, but that being said, I think this is probably his best back-to-back weeks he's had. Um, maybe he is getting a little healthier. I don't know. Maybe it's just that they're putting him, him out there in different coverages and saying, okay, we're going to split this up and we're going to let Isaiah Rogers come out there and, and see a little bit more run, which I think rightfully so, right? Like they should. He's he's earned the, the, the right to be out there. And he's one of the few guys that really um, – he can really – change a game because he can he can turn the football over he does a really good job of that um as well as you mentioned Kenny Moore I think he's back to kind of pro bowl form um and if you keep Kenny in that slot um Kenny is highly highly dangerous at cornerback man I mean he is really really good um he has such sound technique um but you're right um what an impressive outing today but I think in the last few weeks I think we're playing better as a cornerback group really was one of our weak spots, right? Like, I mean, that was really one of the things we were all, I mean, I was podcasting, you were podcasting, Derek was, you know, everybody's talking about, oh my gosh, what's this, what's happening with this cornerback room? And all of a sudden they're starting to solidify themselves. You know, they've even got secretly got TJ Carey back, you know, who doesn't really have to play, but you have that luxury of having a guy who could come off the bench and actually has played meaningful snaps in the NFL. Um, So Shout out to that cornerback room, man. They were they were dominant today, and whether it was Davis Mills and or if it was you know Tyrod, it was it was not good. Bad version on both. I think they barely threw over for a hundred yards combined today. Yeah, they just nope. which is bad, <laughs> really bad. So, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of wild that they did that. The only, yeah, that was uh, that was a rough day for Houston offensively. Um, but you know, you talked about the corner room, Kenny Moore right now. He's tied with his career for interceptions. So he has four right now on the season. He had four last year, which was his career high. So if he gets one more, man, he's gonna he's gonna have a career year, which is great to see. Yeah. You're right. What can you say about him, man? He's a he's a great slot corner, probably the best in football. He can tackle, he can do just about everything for you really well. Yeah. He was struggling a little bit, but it seems like he's starting to find his mojo a little bit more, which is you love to see that. Um, but the crazy thing is, man, you talked about how well the corners have been playing the last couple weeks. I mean, you look at it, they have shut down wide receivers, even really good wide receivers. They shut down Stephon Diggs. I know he had a couple touchdowns, but really he wasn't a factor in that game. He had like three catches in that game. Then they did a really good job, I thought, on Mike Evans and also on Chris Godwin a week ago against Tampa Bay. I know like they still lost, and I think it was more because of the the running game and also Rob Gronkowski, but I feel like the corners right now, man, are really solidifying themselves. It's crazy to me, Zach, because I feel like at the beginning of the season, corner was probably one of my top needs, if not my top need on this defense. Mm. Now it's kind of going down. There's other positions I would address before corner because of how well these young guys are playing right now. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, you've got up-and-coming Rodgers. You've got up-and-coming Rocky Asin, which I still think that Rock, his best version of him is what you're seeing right now. But I think he's – he could all. I've always felt like he could be a really good number two. I never thought if you had to put him in a, in a situation where he had to play elite players every single week, that would expose him a little bit. But if you leave him as your number two and you can find that answer on that number one side, and then you've got Kenny Moore, who is, like you mentioned earlier, we all believe around here um, is the best slot corner in, in the NFL. 
you've got a pretty formidable unit. You know, I expect Xavier Rhodes to move on. I, I think that's just going to be the way that the attrition of the NFL, you know, he's probably going to move on. But you're right. I mean, five weeks ago, cornerback would have been either one or two on my list of what we needed to get in the NFL draft, right? Like, like you needed to, to address that. And I thought maybe draft two cornerbacks. Like I thought it was that bad there for a while. And now it's, it's starting to look a lot bit, a lot better. And it's kind of crazy. The moment you start trusting your players and the moment you start playing different schemes and switching things up, you actually get better results. They haven't played this, you know, this soft shell, you know, cover two zone, I mean, that is who they are. They're, they're a cover two defense, but you've got to mix that up. You've got to mix in a little bit of man. You've got to show some different looks to where these teams and these these quarterbacks can't just get comfortable and sit back there and throw all day long. Shout out to Iraflus because I, I've been – I know I've been his worst critic this year. You know what I mean? Uh, so shout out to him for switching it up and saying, you know what, uh, you know, definition of insanity is just doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. We're going to change it up no matter what. And look what we're doing right now. We're in a situation going coming off of a bye week where we're going to be as healthy as we've ever been against, a, you know, a showdown against New England, Bill Belichick. We know how that's going to go. We know how that the narrative of that's going to, you know, shake out. But maybe we catch a rookie quarterback on a bad night, right? Like maybe we, we catch him under the lights, prime time. And maybe we come out there and, and, and we kind of, you know, we have another big stout defensive outing. Yeah, I mean, the defense, even though that wasn't a great game last week against Tampa, I mean, that defense was keeping you in that game in the first quarter, really the first half, you know. For a long time, that defense was playing really well. So I feel like they're starting to actually put some games together, which is good. Uh, they're starting to actually, you know, show a little bit of what we thought they could be at the beginning of the season they're starting to show a little bit of what they showed last year, right, um, when it comes to sometimes dominating when they need to dominate. And so yeah, this was definitely a great response for them. You mentioned Kamoko Ture. I have to mention him and Al-Kadi Muhammad. Both had two sacks in this game. Um, it's certainly good to see, especially Ture, a guy that wasn't really getting a whole lot of snaps, you know. Like we were just kind of like, what happened to Kamoko Ture? Um, he probably should have had four sacks, honestly, in this game. Yeah. He missed a couple. But he had two. You know, one of them kind of came in garbage time. But, you know, I felt like – for his confidence, this could be really good moving forward because you need another edge presence, another guy that's legitimately an edge threat. I feel like out of any of the defensive ends the Colts have, Kamoko Ture has the most juice on the edge, honestly, yeah. outside of maybe quitting. You know, some of those unknown guys, those second, third-year guys, I feel like Kamoko is probably the guy that has the most ability there. So it, for me, it was just all about getting him more confident, right, getting him some snaps and getting him some chances to, to disrupt the quarterback. He had four sacks on the year. Hopefully now down the stretch, Kamoko could potentially now get more snaps and disrupt the quarterback a little bit because the Colts certainly need it if they want to make a playoff push. What were your thoughts on him and also Al-Kadim Muhammad in this game? I, I thought very, very good, honestly. I thought especially – I think – you know, Akadu Muhammad continues to be one of our really, like, unsung heroes, just a solid guy. You know, Akadu – his expectations were was to not be a starting, you know, every down pass rusher. And he's turned in to kind of be more of that, like your starter, because he's so consistent, really good against the run. But today he got after the quarterback um, and he's relentless. He's one of those high motor guys that just never gives up on a play. Um, and Kamoko, I love the fact on, you know, on I think it was the second sack, you know, he goes up high, he beats the guy high. 
quarterback slips down under and he, he slips off of that guy and he still goes after him and gets that sack. Like he's continuing to pursue the quarterback. Um, and that's what you need, man. You you need a guy whose motor is just constantly running. You're going to have to have somebody other than Quiddy Pay. That's a lot to ask out of a rookie to go out there and be the guy who's going to do it every single week. Although I'll say Quiddy's getting pressure. You know, Quiddy's starting to kind of get a little bit more familiar and stronger in, inside of our scheme. Alkadi looked great today. Um, obviously, Kamoko looked great today. And I think Kamoko, like you said, he's the X factor. Like if if we could ever get to a point where we get Kamoko Ture, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the, the game that he got hurt, and we all saw that brutal, brutal injury that he had. If we could ever get 95% of that, we're a dangerous team then because he is he has a skill set unlike anybody else that we have because he is such a twitchy fast you know guy around that end like you mentioned earlier he brings the he really brings the juice like he has that 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 other gear that some people just 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 quite frankly don't have so yeah very impressive outing yeah for sure now i just want to see him be consistent yeah that's the big thing that's been the knock on him ever since you know like sure. he's shown flashes but he's never been consistent you did think in 2019 he was starting to put it together a little bit and boom the injury happens and then he just hasn't been the same since then you know so you're just like, man, if he can just put some games on games, if he can stack some practices and stack some games on games, then he could potentially be a really, really good pass rusher situationally for you, especially on third down and so. Because, you know, I, I was always like really weirded out the last couple of weeks because it was third down and Kamoko Trey wasn't out there on the field. And I was like, why is he not out there? He's like your best pass rusher, you know? And so the fact that he's getting more snaps now, maybe, maybe the staff will get put a little bit more trust on him in those situations, those third down, those rush situations. And then finally he could start, you know, disrupting the quarterback because the Colts have still struggled a little bit to get to the quarterback off the edge. So you'd love to see him be able to do that and get more confidence in that way. Um, but, you know, overall I thought it was a great outing from the defensive line. Four sacks today, great, great job by them. DeForest Buckner nearly had one yeah. on Tyrod Taylor, but he just slipped out of it. Um, but I thought the Colts did really well, you know, against the pass and also against the run. Rex Burkhead was the leading guy there. Only had eight carries for 30 yards. Overall, the Colts did a really good job at stopping the run. They, they've kind of struggled a little bit this year, Zach, in certain moments to stop the run. Now, Houston didn't come in really that good at running the football, but the Colts just did what they needed to do. And they stopped Houston's running game. Really was a non-factor in this game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they they set the tone early on. Nothing big. You know, they didn't allow any, anybody to really take off and run for any of these large gains. Um, no gut runs. Um, I, I don't, I'm, I don't, I, it's not right in front of me, but I don't feel like they, that they even had really any runs that were more than, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine yards. You know, they just, just no big plays, just no big plays at all today, honestly. I mean, they, they just didn't have that in their, in their repertoire. I mean, they had a couple first downs where they started moving on that one possession and then we were able to shut it down. So, yeah, I mean, our defense as usual, pretty solid against the run. Um, every once in a while, like you mentioned earlier, our defense will allow a big run, but generally speaking, teams don't run very well against us. Um, I guess unless you're, you know, Leonard Fournette, right? <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I mean, teams don't typically run very well against us. Um, so yeah, that, that's been one of our more consistent areas all year long and gotta, gotta like, you know, Grover Stewart doesn't get a lot of, shout outs just because he just does 
does the dirty work, but he does a really good job of filling up those two holes and letting everybody else go out there and do what they need to do. You know, Bobby Okariki, Darius Leonard keeps them clean. So yeah, good good day against the run, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be good against the run moving forward because we're we're really gonna play some teams that are capable of running the football in our next three games. I mean, they all have the ability to run the football and beat you with the run. Not only just run it, but beat you with the run um, if we're not good. So good for them. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play-through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I thought it was a great day for the defense, obviously, you know, shutting Houston out, but... Let's move on to the offense because it was a it was more of a mixed bag for the offense. I mean, you still score 31 points in this game, which is obviously really good. But there were some drives and, and some things on this offense that I think you didn't like as much as you did on the defense. Let's let's just go into some of the, the box score real fast here before we dive in to anything specific. Let's talk about the plays. I mean, the Colts had 21 more plays in Houston. They outgained them by a whole bunch. They had 389 yards today. A good chunk of those were the running game. They had over 200 yards rushing, nearly 250, 238 on the ground, only 151 yards passing. Carson Wentz was 16 to 22, had a touchdown, was sacked once. Jonathan Taylor obviously doing what Jonathan Taylor does, 32 carries, which matches his career high when he had in Buffalo a couple weeks ago, also 143 yards and two touchdowns. So overall, pretty good day. It kind of seemed like in some ways, Zach, Similar game to the Buffalo game where basically the Colts were just feeding Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz didn't have to do a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty simple, right? Like you, you run the football, you give the ball to your best player. Generally speaking, over a four-quarter game, things really, really good things tend to happen for you when you have a, such an elite talent. You know, I think he, I think he's one of the most special players in the NFL. I really do. Like he gives you such a different ability from your running back because there's so many running backs in the NFL that can beat you with yards and can really beat you as the game goes along. But Jonathan Taylor is one of those rare guys that can literally beat you with one carry. Like he can take a ball, you know, that should be a three or four yard gain, foot in the dirt, one step, and he's all the way up the field for next thing you know, he's off for 70 or 80 yards. And he's, he's really a threat in that way. So you can't necessarily approach him. You know, we talked about Leonard Fournette earlier. Well, Fournette's not, not normally going to run the ball 60, 70, 80 yards. That's not his game. He's more of a bruiser. You have to know where Jonathan Taylor is every single game. Like, if you don't know, then you, then you will know. You know, like, you will know exactly what that's all about. Um, just ask the Buffalo Bills um, as he just went out there and just went crazy against them. Special guy. Um, I think we've got one of the best – 
I'm partial. I'm a Colts fan. I think he's the best running back in the NFL. Um, I think he's an underrated pass catcher. I wish that was something that they would do even more with him um, because I think that's the next the next thing for him to really show that he can catch 50 passes a year and take it even to another level. But, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he, he's he's the best in the league for a reason. He's going to set the Colts single-season touchdown record probably as early as, as you, you know, against the Patriots. He just needs one more to set the all-time single-season. And you got to think about Edger and James and, and, you know, and all of these really good running backs. We've had Marshall Falk. We've had some really good ones, you know, old and new, Lenny Moore. And he's going to be the guy at his age that's going to have the most touchdowns as of any Colt in the history of our franchise. That's a special, special player. That's a recipe to win in the, in the, in December. But more importantly, that's a recipe to win when it's January, when the games really matter. Like you've got a difference maker in – Carson, when he doesn't have to throw the football a lot, he's super efficient like he was today. But you don't you don't see this pressure. You don't see these these decisions where he's throwing the ball left handed. You know, or, or he's you know he's throwing these balls crazy. He's just playing the game and taking what you give him. And I really would I like that brand of football for um, for the Indianapolis Colts personally. Yeah, for sure. You know, you got to mention uh, Michael Pittman got involved a little bit in the run game as well. He had. Two end-around carries for 33 yards. Um, he also had a really good day receiving as well. You know, Michael Pittman's quietly approaching that 1,000-yard mark. He had six catches for 77 yards today um, on eight targets. I thought he looked really good. Yeah. And going back to Jonathan Taylor real fast, the crazy thing was, Zach, he didn't necessarily have that boom, big run like we're used to, right, for no. Jonathan Taylor. He kind of just had – you know, some four or five gains, four or five yard gains consistently. Then he hits a, a 10 yard gain or something like that. He didn't have that big long run, but the fact is he ran it 32 times and he just was consistently finding yards, even with the offensive line, which we'll get to next, not really having a great day overall. You know, there's a couple times where Taylor was hit in the backfield or hit at the line of scrimmage. He was able to sneak out a couple yards. Let's talk about this offensive line. It was a not the greatest day, actually, for this group. I know Wentz was only sacked once, but he probably should have been sacked a couple more times, specifically that left side of the offensive line. I'm not exactly sure what happened today, but Eric Fisher, especially, was terrible today. Yeah. I mean, outright terrible. I mean, it wasn't even, like, close. Like, this dude was playing like he was on JV, playing against the varsity guys. Like, that's how bad and noticeable it was, man. He was consistently getting beat. What are your thoughts on this offensive line today? Yeah, probably not their overall best performance, but you've also got to think about the fact that Ryan Kelly didn't march out there. Um, and center positions are funny too. You know, I was thinking about this during the game. Like centers, like really good centers in the NFL, you just never notice a whole lot of them, but they but things always just kind of get done. Today, you know, I, I was fine with 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 Danny Pinter, you know, the way he played today. I don't think he played terrible. I think he plays it, He's excellent in space. So when you pull him out in space, he's really a good athlete. Um, that's where he kind of shines. But it was a different thing. You know, the communication, that's where all of that line shift, that's where all of that that communication comes from. Um, in particular, I was a little bit let down from Fisher today because the one thing that Fisher's been good at this year is run blocking, right? Like that's been his calling card. We all know that he came back from this injury. He still lacks that explosiveness. So when he goes against really good athletes like Shaq Barrett, you know, he just can't stay in front of those guys um, just because he's just not 100%. And he, he probably won't be all year long. Um, but the run game, you've got to have him being, you know, that 
the, the guy he's been pretty much the whole season. But today, you're right. He didn't play very good. Um, Glowinski seems to have won this starting job again. Somehow, some way, I don't, I don't know what that's about. They just kind of quietly, you know, Frank Reich just kind of, you know, is a PR genius. He, he's just really not even mentioned it and just quietly let, you know, Chris Reed kind of fade off in the sunset. Um, I don't know if I like that, to be honest with you. I don't know if I if I like the fact that that one of your best run blockers that you've had all year long is not out there playing. But that being said, it is what it is. We gain, you know, we gained 143 yards and over 200 yards on the ground. So I think you got to be pretty, pretty happy with that. Crazy stat for us is Colts are seven and zero when Jonathan Taylor rushes for over 100 yards, and they're zero and six when he doesn't. I mean, that's pretty telling. Like, who are you? What is your identity? I don't think anything says anything more than that. You win when you give the man the football. You lose when you don't. I don't know. You know, I'm not here for to debate Frank Reich, you know, passing so many times in a row. I'm not here for all that today on this podcast. But proof is in the pudding, man. You run the football. You give the – You. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. You give the, your best player the chance to do the most things, and you generally win football games. It's that simple. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you there. Well, to be fair on Glowinski, though, he has been actually the best run blocking guard um, in the NFL recently, which is good. So I don't blame the Colts at all there. But I do like Chris Reed. So it is hard to not see him be, you know, playing because I thought yeah. he played tremendous. But I think my question is, and, and I know this a couple of weeks ago, I would have like dismissed this question, but I think it's a little bit more legit. Do the Colts potentially look at Matt Pryor at left tackle, you know, because Eric Fisher has just been struggling recently. Like he started to get a little bit better. And you're like, okay, he's finally rounded the shape. He's getting back from that Achilles tear. And then he just kind of dropped off again. What are your thoughts, I guess, on that? Like what in the world is going on? Should the Colts do that? Potentially look at Matt Pryor, who when he filled in for Braden Smith earlier this year, he looked really good. Yeah. So I'll answer that two different ways. Will they? No. I don't think they will. I think that they're going to stick with Eric Fisher no matter what. Um, they invested the money in him. Frank Reich has this thing where he's pretty loyal to veteran players. I know this one was kind of a Chris Ballard signing. He has that history with them. Um, I don't think that that'll happen um, in, unless there's some sort of an injury where Pryor just gets thrust in there. He's playing so well. We kind of have a situation like they did with Badgley and, you know, you know, Blankenship where, you know, the guy's playing so well, we don't want to rush anything back and it just naturally falls in its place. Um, but I would, I would give it, a, I would give it a look. You know, I think I, I would. I think I would give it a look. I, I'm not sure that he would be as good on the left side as he was on the right side because he's more of a mauler, um, and that's really where you get more of your run action over on that right side, and you don't have to be quite as good of a pass blocker. Um, but I don't know if you can be worse, right? Like I, I don't know if you can be worse than Eric Fisher. So, so when it comes to that, to answer your question, no, I don't think they will. But I think I would at least entertain it and look at it, you know, kind of like they did, you know, where they rotated Chris Reed and Glowinski and then it just worked its way out. Um, I might do the same thing with Fisher, honestly. Colts football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Colts tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket services charge. 
and this allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I know I'm still excited around all the different games that the Indianapolis Colts are going to have this season. I'm excited for some more home games. I'm going to hopefully get to be able to go to a couple home games this year and on the road. And whatever you're doing, TickPick's got you covered there. And if you're looking forward to attending this season as well, whatever game it is, I just recommend TickPick. I think they do a really good job of being able to provide tickets because we all know the hassle of trying to find tickets. So if you are interested, visit TickPick.com slash juice today to save $10 on your first order of Indianapolis Colts tickets. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I kind of wish they would if they're preaching competition, you know, and your guys losing you football games, essentially, like last week. Like, I almost think it would be malpractice to not at least look at it, you know, and give it a try. Just think about it, you know. But whatever, man, they, they get paid to make those decisions. I just get sort of paid to talk about it. We do that a little bit. We give our opinions all we want to. We're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, we're not running the show. But, but yeah, man. Um, also, special teams. I just want to talk real fast on special teams. Um, I wanted to give a special shout out, I guess, also when I'm talking about special teams to Ashton Doolin. I am a big Ashton Doolin guy. I've been very vocal about it at certain points on the pad- podcast. I think he needs more snaps. He's had two weeks in a row where he scored a touchdown. And also he had a really nice uh, punt where, where yeah. he like he like touched the punt right at like the five-yard line. And he's just he's, – he's leading the league right now in special teams tackles. He's doing everything right for the Colts. I think he deserves more of a look. Um, on the offense, actually on the offense, because he's got that speed. He showed you last week against Tampa. He showed you this week with a very – talking about a good catch. I mean, he had a really good catch there for that touchdown to haul yeah. that one in. Carson Wentz is only passing touchdown of the day. I think he's looked great so far. What, what are your thoughts on Ashton Doolin? I, I agree, man. I, I mean, is it fair to say he's probably a Pro Bowl, you know, special teamer? You know what I mean? Like, oh. I think he's got to be in that consideration as one of those guys – um, he just does something special every single – it seems like every single week. Offensively, you felt this for a little while. He he wasn't – Carson wasn't hitting Doolin early on with some of those wide receiver, you know, combination routes that he was running, but he's stuck – he's sticking with him. He keeps going to him. Um, they believe in him a little bit. I always felt like, honestly, like I'm not surprised if he, if he ends up starting to steal snaps from Zach Paschal. You know, like, like, and I don't hate Zach Pascal. Um, he played absolutely terrible against the Buccaneers, and there's no doubt about that. But I, I, he's probably a better athlete. He's more gifted. You know, he has great body control as he's able to get those feet down, you know, in the back of the end zone. Um, and then he can just take the top off. I mean, when you go out there against, you know, the Super Bowl champs and you you run a 62-yard route, just a, just an open, you know, a nine route against those guys and let your, you know, let your guy go up and outrun everybody. And that's exactly what he did, man. He just caught that bomb. Um, you got to think there's more room for him, you know. And there's that, there's that fine, there's that fine blend. You know, you just don't know because he plays special teams and he's so important to your special teams. You almost feel like they're scared to give him too much of a role on offense because then you maybe you got to take him away from special teams because you have to say, I can't get this guy hurt now. You know what I mean? Like, because he's such a an integral part to our offense. Maybe that's their thought process. But yeah, man, he's good. Um, going to get better. And I think he's going to turn into maybe our X factor as the season winds down. 
there's a little trust thing going on with him and Carson here. You know, I think there's a little something brewing with those two. Um, and he needs a number two, to be honest. You know, you can't just have Pittman all game long because great teams are going. You're going to find this out against the Patriots. I mean, Belichick is real simple. He's going to take away your best things that you do. He's going to he's going to try to shut down Pittman. He's going to try to shut down Taylor and say, beat us another way. Well, you're going to have to find another way. So whether that be, you know, creative and collectively a bunch of players, or we say, all right, it's time for Ashton Doolin to maybe take another, a bigger step. Or I don't know, maybe you get T.Y. Hilton more involved. Um, I don't see that at this point in T.Y.'s career, but Doolin is definitely, I mean, the arrow is pointing way up for him. Yeah, I love it. I love me smashing Doolin. Want to see him continue to, to get some more snaps. I think he definitely deserves it. Get some more looks from Carson. But also special teams, you know, Badgley missed his first field goal, I think, with the Indianapolis Colts this year. But I, I thought he bounced back nicely. He made his next ex, he made his next field goal. He made all his extra points, all that stuff. Just had a bad one there. But overall, I felt like he, he had another solid game, you know, besides that miss. Yeah, I mean, he he, he kind of dinked in that extra point at the end, you know, it, it kind of scraped in there. Um, probably not his best kicking performance, but all in all, you're right. I mean, like, what are you going to do? I mean, he's been really, really solid for us this year. He's been pretty accurate. I think unless he gets he would get to a point where he starts missing field goals, you know, that are really detrimental, causing us to lose football games, I, I, I'm fine, man. I mean, kickers are not going to be perfect every single week. Um, you just want them to be really good when it matters. I mean, that's yep. that's the honest truth. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think that about does it, man, for this team. It's crazy. The Colts scored 31 points. Also, Deion Jackson, first career touchdown. Want to give shout him a shout-out yeah, as man. well. Uh, he was one of my favorite undrafted free agents the Colts brought in this year, and I was excited when he got some run with, with the second-team offense there at the end of the game. Scored that last touchdown. Great, probably a great moment for him and his family. So just wanted to give him a quick shout out as well. But the crazy thing is, Zach, you feel like this team probably should have scored more points in this game. Like this game, even though it was a 31 nothing game, you feel like the Colts should have scored probably a 40 burger, honestly, and with how well the defense was playing. And, you know, you, you leave a few points on the field. You're like, man, I feel like this team probably should have scored even more in this game. And it probably should have been even more lopsided, as crazy as that sounds, than it was in this game. I think you're so right. I mean, of course, we missed the field goal, so there's your 34. And then you probably look at a situation where, you know, a play here, a play there, and then you're you're going you're going down the field and you're marching and you're going to score another touchdown. So I mean, you're you're exactly right. Um, I, I can't complain at all. I mean, I think I think that they played really really well today, a convincing win. And I'm just I'm so grateful that we're going to get a chance to get this by. We can get healthy, you know, for this stretch run because we need it. Like we need to be 100% healthy. Um, I'm interested to see how Darius Leonard will be able to, you know play moving forward with getting a whole week off and getting off that ankle and really resting it and really rehabbing it and not having to come out and fight this weekend or this next weekend, I should say. Um, I think that's a good thing, man. I mean, you've got some guys that are a little bit nicked up. Let them get 100%. And I think the sky's the limit for us, Cody. I really do. I think we're ready to go on a run. I feel like we are we are a playoff football team. Um, we just gotta we just gotta not turn the football over and continue to stick with our identity and continue to feed 28 the football and good things happen. Yeah, and finish games would be nice if this team could do that and figure out a way to do that. I've had so many games where it's it's come down to the fourth quarter and they've blown it. So yeah, you do feel like, man, if you just finish a couple of those games, you're easily, you know, probably in the lead for the division, probably a top seed at this point. 
So I feel like the Colts are, are right there. There may be a little bit, a few pieces away, honestly, but as far as this season goes, I think they're right there for a playoff team for sure. Um, I think moving forward, if they can continue, like you said, feed 28, continue to get Pittman involved, get some other guys involved, continue to not make Carson play hero ball, get some pressure on the quarterback, the corners continue to play well, all those things that we talked about. I really think they're a team that could go on a run here, um, especially now because I, I don't know what the what it will look like exactly. I don't know if the Colts will exactly be in the playoff picture quite yet, but they can take care of business really easily. If they are able to somehow come out and take out New England, watch out, man, because New England's arguably the hottest team in the NFL right now. And uh, I feel like the Colts could potentially do it. You know, they can beat any team, I feel like. So it's an exciting week, man. You're right. Get some guys healthy. Get some guys ready to go. It should be a lot of fun, man, on primetime on that next Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I'm fired up. I'll be there. Um, Me too. I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of that game. And we all know, you know, the hate is real, man. You know what I mean? I mean, it is a real hatred. You know, I know Tom Brady's not there anymore, but – that don't make it feel any different for me. I want to win this game, and I, I don't want to just barely win this game. I want to win this game in a very, very convincing way um, and take care of business against a rookie quarterback, Bill Belichick. And, you know, I want to go out there and, and have our – we had our dominant win against the Bills. I want to double down. You know what I mean? I want to double down, and I want to go out there, and I want to see us do what we do best, um, and that's run the football, get turnovers, and – come out of there with a win and, and be in perfect position to, to, you know, make the playoffs this year. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be sad that the Colts don't play next week, but you know what? We'll enjoy the week off. No stress for a week, which would be really nice. Uh, but that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Zach, for coming on. Always appreciate you, man. Guys, go check out Zach's channel. Zach and Steven, they do great work over there at No, no Horsing Around Podcast. Just search them on YouTube. You'll find them. Um, as well as all the social media places pretty much that you can look for. You'll find them on there. Uh, but that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.